Oh. Now y'all know I got a ring light. And we'll get in the frame. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, yeah, we did it. We did smooth it. Smooth as silk. Smooth oh my, as silk. It's buttery, some... soft, baby. Just that was. We made it. We, we did it. it. I have to get uh, a pillow to sit on because I forgot to account for the frame underneath me. This is how the sausage gets into the kimono, you guys. This is how the sausage gets into the kimono. There's this little blue stripe in between that I know is some sort of overlay that I don't know. Um, Jess, if you're watching, feel free to fix that for me. <laughs> okay. Hello. Hi. Um, hi. Hi, everybody. We made it. Uh, we made it. We're here. It's fan if you control. thought we did it before. We really did it this time. We did it this time. We, we up and did it. It's fan-controlled fandom. I'm Kenny Stevenson. I'm Alex Enriquez, and currently I'm surrounded by 98 million dogs. <laughs> 98 million dogs. That's a that's an extremely large number of dogs. You're on me, Jack. What? <laughs> I don't Wait. know, man. I don't know. My internet connection is it seems like spotty at best, but we're just gonna power through. Oh, is it Freddie Airmail's birthday? Happy birthday, Freddie Airmail. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Freddie Airmail. Freddie Airmail. And here's and here's my sincere birthday wishes to you. Hope you have a good one. Oh, that was very good. Those are some very sincere wishes. You know what else I is do. sincere? This show that we are doing, fan-controlled fandom. We're in the cape space, baby. We are talking about things where people wear capes. People wear capes to fight people. Uh, in space, fight people in medieval fantasy times, fight people in a superhero space. If they're wearing a cape, we're talking about it. Bang. And and those capes can be imbued with any number of magical abilities, or be sometimes made of fur, like Balin's scroll at the Ooh. at the end of his uh, the end of uh, Balin's really good scroll. Skull, skull, not scroll. Yeah, not scroll. There's a there's a there's a, a, a crossover for the ages, huh? <laughs> That Star Wars secret invasion crossover that nobody wants. Uh, today, though, we are talking about uh, episode five of Loki. What an episode of television that is. We can't wait mm. to talk about it. But the first thing we have to do is we got to talk about the quick pieces of nerd news. It's called Quick Hits. There's a stinger. I'm about to play it if my computer works. And wait for it. Here it comes. Quick, quick, quick hits. Is it playing? I can't hear okay. And it played there it now it's twice now. <laughs> now a third time. Really? Kenny, Kenny, I feel like we're on one of those lines like Anderson Cooper has to like uh you know London or whatever where he says, So so Nancy, what's the what's the uh situation on the ground there? Five, four, four three, three, two, one. Yeah, Anderson, yeah. it's pretty tense. That's where we are. That's where we are. And so just, you know, I feel like if if it works for CNN, it works for fan-controlled fandom. Um, before we talk about the quick pieces of nerd news, big, we got to talk about the big, big news in the fan-controlled sports and entertainment space. Tomorrow, fan-controlled racing debuts. Tomorrow, you can watch on uh let me scroll back to my message here it's at 3 30 p.m pacific that's 6 30 p.m eastern standard you can watch on twitch youtube kick linkedin facebook 
all the places where stuff is streaming, you can watch this race. There will be a car that we that fans voted on what the car, the color of the car. It's a yellow car. A man named Yellen is going to be driving the car. They picked the fan. Four fans' faces are going to be on the car, and there's going to be a bunch of things you can vote on. You just got to download the app, or if you have the old app, upgrade your app and get in this. Let's go. I'll say this uh, now as a uh, somewhat amateur and and uh, new uh, fan of auto racing and motorsport in general. Uh, I will say that uh, I did a little bit of research and this is unprecedented in the history of automobile racing. And I think if you have, uh, if you've got any motor oil in your blood, uh, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you missed it. <laughs> I love what you're saying. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so in the quick hits in the nerd space, again, we're on, we're in a writer strike here. No, I don't write Not anymore. Sorry. Actors. Actors. actors we are still on strike. Uh, we are waiting. Uh, apparently, we told the studios what our most. I can't. I can never. I never feel happy with where my mic is. It's just a constant battle. Um, as a large motorcycle rages on behind me, um, there's that's a, Queenie. There's, She's a huge fan of the show. I told her I'd give her a shout out. Queenie, it's right. good to hear from you. Thanks, Queenie. Um, we're on, we're on strike. Nothing's in development. Nothing is happening um, in terms mm. of new stuff. However. There is a very big article that came out yesterday uh, in uh, one of the trades, as they say here in Los Angeles, variety. And, you know, on this show, and, and of course, rock- if I may interrupt for people that aren't intervo- involved Please. in the entertainment industry, uh, trade is short for trader to America because everybody in Hollywood is a communist. So go ahead. Sorry, Kenny, go ahead. <laughs> Present parties included. Um, oh yeah, baby! <laughs> Get me on there. Give me, give it, give it to me. There, uh, yeah. On this big broadcast, we have talked about the all the problems that have been existing in the DC. Oh boy, in the DCEU for years and years and years and years, and we've been talking about Marvel content as if they're infallible, but we've been noticing some chinks in the armor. Well. Boy, was there is a big time article that came on the Variety this week. The title of the article basically detailing everything that's going wrong in Marvel at the moment. And the title of the article is Crisis at Marvel, Jonathan Major's Backup Plans, The Marvel's Reshoots, Reviving the Original Avengers, and More Issues Revealed. Some of these things that they are talking about, for instance, the first thing, Something we don't talk about a lot on this show is the Jonathan Majors of it all. The man is accused for d- uh, domestic abuse. He is set to stand trial next month. Um, this article details not just this specific account, but there apparently was another incident with another woman that happened while shooting this current television show that's airing. So, right. and he factors or his plan was he was to be the big bad guy of this whole new saga, this new, the multiverse saga that we are in right now. The whole he new was dynasty. Gonna, he was going to be literally the Kang dynasty was one of the movies titled. And so now they're at a point where they're like, uh Oh, what do we got to do with this guy <laughs> who apparently according to this article is going to factor largely into the finale of this show that we were talking about Loki. Um, they talked about how maybe they could recast him, which is what I think they should do. Uh, they're talking about it. This article talks about how they could maybe pivot to Dr. Doom, 
who is an equal bad guy, but there's like having to scrap a bunch of stuff. Did you read this article, Alex? I did read this article. And uh, it's like you said, it, you know, as a counter to every, every, you know, every time James Gunn blinks, it's a banner headline and a tab and tabloid fodder for this thing to drop about the, yeah, the previously infallible MCU is insane. Yeah, and and there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in this. We have we're just we're just tipping the iceberg. Like already, you know, the machine has gone into effect. They're refuting some of the claims in the article. Um, you know, not directly through Variety, but there's other sources who have gone back to you know people who are talked about in the article for clarification and said that some of the allegations made in the Variety article aren't true. Uh, none of them that I've seen so far have to do with Jonathan Majors, who uh, against whom some like pretty hefty new allegations have been levied and it's you know yeah you get i think get rid of him i, I don't know like oh, yeah, I, I think I, he's I, gotta go i i think that there's too many incidents now like smoke smoke dot 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 fire you know like i oh, hate yeah. to i hate to convict somebody without you know i, I would genuinely I, I think yeah but i think also if this many people have said this about the same person it's safe to bet that there are some problems with how this person approaches and thinks about women. Um, genuinely. That's very valid. Yeah, no, and, it's, I, I agree. And that, and that's not somebody that I certainly want in my content because it's distracting, you know, who am I boosting? Whose signal is sort of, am I adding to not, not what I want. And so like, absolutely pull the plug on this dude uh, and let's move on. Cause it's too much. Yeah. It's too much noise. I think recast him. I think there's no reason why you need to like scrap what you're doing. I do think Kang is a good character from comics lore. I think he touches a lot of things that are going to be coming like Fantastic Four and X-Men. There's, you can still do a lot. Just recast him. There's plenty of other actors. Like somebody made the uh, suggestion of cast the guy. I, I can never pronounce his name. I'm not even going to try, but the guy who played, um the villain in guardians volume three and just make that character a kang variant done yeah it's just yeah, done it, 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 you've they, already seen they, that there's this infinite amount of ways they can look there's precedent for recasting characters including main characters we 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 don't yes have the same mark Hulk ruffalo with mark ruffalo <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so you know, no big deal. Also, yeah, there's a million different characters you can bring in. You know, Avengers, the first Avengers movie was a feint to introduce Thanos. And if you know, you can whatever pivot, yep. who gives a shit? Yeah, it's all Guga. Sorry to say, it's sorry okay. to say, pardon my French. <laughs> it's all Guga. This article also posits there is a movie coming out next week, which we probably won't be able to talk about this on the big broadcast unless we go see it on Thursday night. The Marvels, the next MCU movie is set to come out. It is called The Marvels. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, Jay, Jay basically says we speak French here. Excellent, uh, amazing. We, we, um, this, the, according to this article, the Marvels, had, yeah, <laughs> the Marvels had to go through four weeks of reshoots, which is staggering. That is almost like half a movie that needed to be reshoot, reshot. It also states in this article that. For the first time in a long time, in terms of they usually test their movies in house. They actually went to like, you know, in movie. If for those of you who don't know, a lot of studios will go to like what they deem like middle America and they'll do a screening in like Texas <laughs> or Ohio or they want to get like the real people's feedback, feedback, 
feedback. They actually went for the first time in a long time, like took it to Texas and had a couple screenings and like interviewed people and just to get a sense as to where the movie was. And it apparently did not test well. <laughs> so Well, I also think that's probably a pretty select audience that you were trying to gauge the reaction of right like yeah think about texas think about what's in texas think about who is in texas yes um, don't mess I, with it yeah Luka I, I also I, I was i was laughing about the notion that the a frequent flyer on the list of middle america places that for preview movies used to be valencia california oh yeah oh no for sure no definitely like you know i grew up in orange county california it was always like hey do you want to come see a screening of a movie like oh hollywood's an hour away anyway <laughs> it is it is telling though that four weeks of reshoots apparently the director of the movie nia da costa has already is not in the states <laughs> Is, is in London already working on her next project and wasn't there to do the final edit. So, the, I mean, whoop, whoop-dee-whoopsie. I don't know what we're getting next week. It's also confirmed to be the shortest Marvel movie ever. It's only like an hour and 45 minutes with credits, so you're probably only talking like an hour, 37-minute movie maybe, which is wild. To which everybody said thank you. Um, I, I think also... So that's the first refutation that's come out. The, apparently, the the director of the the um, of the Marvels didn't abandon the production. Was there for post production and through okay. the final edit. That was, I guess, Collider uh, got that. Um, well, it's it, it's it's very interesting that all this stuff is just all kind of dropping at once. And they're also commenting about how it's not tracking well. It's only set to make like seventy or eighty million dollars. I will say to play devil's advocate, we are at a point where, you know, nobody, they still can't do any sort of like, you know, you can't have Brie Larson advertising this movie. You can't do any sort of, you can't do any sort of big things for this. You know, when the first Captain Marvel came out, you know, Brie Larson was everywhere and was at Disneyland and was, you know, the out, you know, taking this movie all over the world. They're just not doing that now. So it's hard to quantify what that is i'm sure people will point to like well look what this movie did with no stuff but like you know what do we do there's no there's no predicting i mean i think the the environment was already getting more and more unpredictable um and then the strikes just really threw a wrench in barbenheimer was something that had its own momentum you're all, you're talking about like the biggest ip ever and the biggest director going now like a unique set of circumstances in this current market where you can't you can't show off the the chemistry between your three leads at all uh, which i'm sure is just crackling like i i i'm i'm, I'm not joking i i'm i'm sure that they the three of them together are amazing but you really need to convince people that they should see it because of that i mean i i, I tell people all the time i used to work in advertising and i still still dabble oh you dip, dip you dip them toes in those ads baby uh, uh, one of these one of these enormous you know, multilateral campaigns for a big release movie is posters everywhere, posters, you know, digital ads, social media campaigns, all these interviews, trailer releases, inundating, you know, you know, flooding the zone with the hope that the average consumer catches one glimpse of the title and the face of the lead. Because yeah. that's really all you can beg for of anybody in the world um, with a media buy like that. And so, you're, you've taken a major component out of any big campaign, and it's it's hard to tell how that shakes out. You know, Marvel, 
you know, that means the only noise that's out there about Marvel is like this, this article and yep. stories like that instead yep. of, and that's, yeah, instead of like, oh, here's Brie Larson behind, you know, they, they would, they would probably have a big photo spread in Vanity Fair and the three of the, any yeah. of whatever with the three of them and the whole thing. All three of them playing like name that tune on with Jimmy Fallon on the tonight show. And the, you know. the, the, the title of the article would be, called, would be don't call it girl power. And yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, don't um, exactly. No, it'd be, it wouldn't yeah. be wrong. It'd just be a little like, like, okay, no, we don't, but like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very tough when like this article is the only thing we're kind of getting leading into this. And, and something too, is they've even like in the advertising for this film, there's not even any sort of showing of what the hook of the movie was that we got from the trailer. I'm frozen. I hope you can still hear me. I can hear you. Your image has frozen. And there Great. you're back And there again. we go again. It's fine. Uh, but like, you know, this whole movie was supposed to have this like, you know, switching bodies thing is like the hook of the movie. And if you look at any commercial now, there is no mention of that at all. So I'm I'm genuinely worried that that might be the piece that got edited out in, in the four weeks of reshoots. But who the heck knows? Um, I want to dive into this a little bit more. This is like a bulk of what we're talking about. They, this this article also talks about that apparently in like a meeting of the minds that they have every year out in beautiful Palm Springs. Got gotta love Ooh. the Coachella Valley right now. Gorgeous. Um, as the temperatures dip, the beauty soars. Um, <laughs> Brought to you by the Palm Springs Palm Desert Tourism Board. Thank Tourism you, Tourism Board. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> apparently, in the meeting of the minds when they're you know they're having this like, uh oh, what do we need to do here? Um, there's talk about reuniting the original Avengers, including actually bringing back Robert Downey Jr., which the article states that they don't know how that would be possible because Robert Downey Jr.'s asking price to do Iron Man 3, I think everything else that he did after Iron Man 3 was all kind of points and stuff, but in order to actually get him to sign on to his last contract, he had to, you had to pay him $25 million to do Iron Man three. I can't imagine what that number is now. Iron Man three is like a 12 year old movie. Well, Bobby Iger will figure it out. They'll crush Bobby Iger. They'll, they'll make him a part owner of uh, Disney plus or something to make it happen. I mean, this is, this was already pre-written the moment you see old man, Captain America, and then young man, Captain America, the idea that you have these shifting time timelines, you know that I, I I remember sitting in the theater seeing that play out and going, oh, this is how they bring everybody back whenever they want to. Like you, oh, you yeah. just get a variant of what what we didn't know then, but now know they would eventually go on to call a variant from one of the other timelines. You just pluck them out. Oh, we need an Iron Man. Actually, there you we know, go. I'm, we're going to need to get the whole team back together. And they go, and you know, you, like when they get Black Widow, it's just like the final big reveal. She turns around. And she says, "Let me guess, Avengers." And then they're like, you know, back in New York fighting something. And we love it by the way we eat it like cherry <laughs> pie well that's what that might be happening as if they might be scrapping whatever they were supposed to be doing and they might be doing that another couple of things that came out of this article and then i got a little some little tidbits here and there in the quick hits um apparently because of the mandate from disney plus to get content up on that platform and this is something that is not surprising to a lot of folks. Uh, some of the visual effects have been rushed. <laughs> so <laughs> it details. Uh, I'll tell you of... that my jaw hit the floor when I read those revelations. I flabbergasted. Whoa. Absolutely. BC Lion in the chat oh. says, 
Oh, I just got BC Lions says, shout out, lads. Good luck to BC Lions for a win over Calgary. Yes, absolutely. We'll be, I'll be talking about that in my uh, quick one piece of sports news. Um, yeah, the fact that this, the, it references specifically during the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania premiere screening, there were effects that were on the screen that were blurry. So they had to go within the span of time of the premiere to the release of the film they were basically working people around the clock to get it, get that stuff done. Also the fact that references that in the TV show, she Hulk, the very first episode was actually supposed to be the eighth episode. And so that kind of threw a wrench into everything, all the effects for the rest of that show. They thought they had more time. They didn't. And uh, basically these are the impetus, which, which has created all of those visual effects, people joining, becoming unionized because they were all being worked to the bone <laughs> because their the schedule was just insane and they were never like letting up they just never they're do never did what they're doing now which is now they're finally starting to kind of put some breaks on things caused by the strike i'm i'm genuinely surprised they're still releasing the marbles i really am yeah they could they could have the absolute excuse to sort of shift this around and move it around or whatever take more time with it but i think maybe they're just trying to like get something out there i um i think that there's you know this is endemic in any creative endeavor i think the entertainment industry especially this idea that like we have the we have the plan and here's how much money we need and how, how long it's going to take but it constantly changes because everybody's getting into, Oh, the script isn't working as we play it out in front of us. Well, we got to change that. Uh, the, the story doesn't work now that we see it all together. Well, Marvel has had this great track record of being able to fix things in post and make things make sense. But that's really dependent on a limited number of projects that we're going through the limited resource of one key man. Who's Kevin Feige. He's spread too thin across projects. The idea that you have to make everything up in post you know they're not they don't they don't then say we're also going to tack on the four additional weeks to the release date that it will take to complete these effects nope. you know you just you just keep cruising toward that deadline and you know it's it's i would i was encouraged by the article to be honest cuz it felt like everybody it felt like marvel could be like hey no it's been really bad so we can like you know just sort of like let's reassess let's take a break it's okay that we're we're reassessing it was time you all read the article we're we're pivoting we're more excited than ever to focus on blah 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 you know I, I i'm kicking into like pr speak about it or whatever but i uh yeah i think that they you're they needed this constantly reset. spinning you're constantly spinning yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm they call me the actual spin zone i am one of it, the human <laughs> spin zone the human spin zone a spinster uh yeah i do think <laughs> for, for better for worse this information is out there i think the jonathan majors is probably the most damning stuff they got to fix that everything else is all can be adjusted by you know you know deadpool 3 just put everybody in you know have ben affleck show up as batman in that movie and just call it a freaking day i love you i love but where your head's at kenny bad. frankly your spirit your energy everything's very well aligned i love it yeah thank you uh, a couple quick pieces here um there we've, we've often talked at great lengths about the digital effects, speaking of digital effects, uh, the movie The Flash, which has just questionable at best effects in it. Obviously, one of our favorite parts of that movie was we got to see Nicolas Cage Superman in the CGI generated uh, image. I don't know. 
Uh, Nick Cage said in an interview with Yahoo Entertainment this week that he thought his cameo in The Flash looked nothing like what he filmed. He says, when I went into the picture, it was me fighting a giant spider. I did not do that. That was not what I did. I don't think it was created by AI. I know Tim is upset about AI, as am I. It was CGI, okay, so they could de-age me and I'm fighting a spider. I didn't do any of that, so I don't know what happened there. So apparently he actually shot three hours worth of footage or some a couple scenes for the Tim Burton movie. And he says, what I was supposed to do was literally just be standing in an alternate dimension, if you will, and witnessing the destruction of the universe. That that's all. <laughs> so yeah, wordlessly, silently witnessing the destruction of the universe, getting he, you know, talked about putting that, you know, getting that across with his facial expressions. Yes. And, and he said uh, I, had, I had no dialogue, is what he said. I really like I love it when people double down on something that simple that they've told you that you understand that was not me okay thank you nick that i'm telling you that wasn't me you may have thought that was me it may have looked like me that was not me that's not what i did that wasn't me like we got Mr. it cage we got, got it. it look it was coppola, cgi Mr. coppola recenter <laughs> we know it was an ai nobody even posited that it just looked bad uh, but you're fine. You're fine. We're fine. You're here. All I did was I sat on set and I looked off in the distance as Kal-El does and just looked. That's all I did. It's not CGI. Nick, no, the interview ended 15 minutes ago. <laughs> That's yeah. basically what Nick, would probably you're, be happening. Nick, this is a jack-in-the-box drive-thru. Uh, <laughs> we, we need you We need you to focus. How many breakfast jacks did you want? You trailed off at 13. 13. <laughs> Give me 13 breakfast jacks. Yeah, I love to me. This is a story that I don't care. Let's talk about this forever. It's it is totally wild that in this flash movie they did this, like, hey, everybody, look, we did it. Nick Cage is Superman. It's that thing you read about on the internet and you've seen the videos for. We put it in a movie. Look at look at this. It I think maybe, you know, I, I don't know anything about these directors, but they sound European. And maybe this is a kind of a European filmmaker sort of comment about uh you know be careful what you wish for or something like that you know <laughs> like, like this is like a this is like a punishment <laughs> yeah it's a it's a real monkey's paw kind of thing from a couple of europeans <laughs> they're, they're hitting hitting us over the head with the monkey's paws like no we get it man we like and in fact nobody was really asking for this this is like a speed bump in comic book history you know you go like oh yeah hey what if you know hardy har har not what if oh my dreams came true unless you're like a real <laughs> pervert Oh my God. Quick right here. Quick right turn. Hey, Alex, did you see the Ghostbusters Afterlife, the most recent Ghostbusters movie? I did. It was a fun one. I think we talked about it in the past. Fun movie. Yeah. Really fun, fun movie. movie. Really fun enjoyed movie. it. Um, really enjoyed. Apparently, there is a uh, trailer for the sequel that is going to be dropping next week. It was announced on the Ghostbusters. I hate having to say this. X account that something strange is coming soon and it apparently uh it is going to be a trailer and the title of the movie is going is rumored to be Ghostbusters Frozen Kingdom and I got to tell you I very much enjoyed the last movie I very much uh am into what was being done Frozen Kingdom I'm not quite sure about that title <laughs> That's 
Uh, well, you know what, what I think, think of when I think of Ghostbusters, it, I just it, it it and I think that's in a good way because it's really got me fully amped up for Anna and Elsa to show up. That and would be incredible. Do it. Just do it, just Sony. Blast everybody with their amazing powers. I want it to be played by Adina Menzel and Kristen Bell. I want them oh, yeah. to be the ghosts that take over because they're dead. Let's be real. Arendelle, that's from like hundreds of years ago. So they're dead and their ghosts come and attack New York. Do it, you cowards. Yeah, come on. And this one was free, baby. Yeah. And the strike writer strikes over, so you can pay us for that. Um, we did it. Quick hits, really quick, mm. just a quick half hour, and then <laughs> but <laughs> we got <laughs> we're at the point of the show. It's time for the one piece of sports news. We're on the fan controlled sports entertainment network, fan controlled racing coming tomorrow. But right now, we have to give you one piece of sports news each. Alex, you take us out to a different raceway. Uh, I will. This is an open wheel raceway, of course, Formula One, as always. And uh, scandal around the the paddock this week as former world champion, two-time world champion Fernando Alonso has promised consequences for rumor mongers who have spread word that he is in talks for a at least a transition to Red Bull if not a full driver's seat switch between him and uh, Red Bull number two driver Sergio Perez, putting oh. Perez back in a seat he was uh, he was left behind by in Aston Martin. Uh, Fernando Alonso uh, has promised consequences. It remains to be seen uh, what those consequences might be. One thing is for sure that both drivers have multi-year contracts that will take them through next season. Uh, but that hasn't proven to be that much of an obstacle to any particular team getting exactly what they want when they want it because in formula one as in most things money talks back to you kenny <laughs> i'm laughing so hard because i realized you said sergio perez but then said fernando alonso <laughs> should have been yeah. fernando alonso my accent is half mexican too just like you are yes mm -hmm. so you're only, you're only entitled to use it for half your yeah. names yeah if i use uh, it too much uh and, and, and mayor Villaraigosa, former mayor Villaraigosa, gets to arrest me <laughs> oh boy i'm not gonna touch that with a 10-foot pole uh as i tease my big news is the cfl playoffs kick off this weekend we have uh in the west i only really care about the bc lions taking on the calgary stamp peters calgary one of the final teams to make it into the playoffs they are only at six and 12 so they're six games under 500 but hey Six teams got to make it into the playoffs. So that's just how things uh, crack down. Uh, if BC wins this game, they'll play Winnipeg in the Western Conference Finals next week. I predict a big win from the Lions and a matchup against the juggernaut that is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers next weekend. And we'll see what happens. We'll see how that shakes out. Alex, um, you know, your work, you mentioned you're, you have a lot of work in the advertising community and you, and you work in that industry. What do you got for us in terms of six and twelve? Yeah, that's what Calgary. That's what they are. BC line. Calgary is six and twelve. BC twelve and six. Um, who's our uh, sponsor for the week this week? Well, actually, I think you'll be excited to hear that uh, our sponsor, oh, our corporate exciting. underwriter for the week, is actually the Professional Basketball Association. The men, the you know the 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 professional the sports, the NBA. Player. Yeah, and it's and it, they're advertising for the in league, the in season tournament because it kicks yes, off it starts today. Uh, it kicked off today. Um, and they are they want to make sure everybody knows because it's it's brand new. They want to make sure everybody knows like uh, some of the facts, some of the free, you know, answers to some of the frequently asked questions about the in-season tournament. 
okay. so that's there our corporate underwriter for the for this week. And so um, the the first fact is that the championship of the tournament will be held in Las Vegas in December. Um, mm -hmm. The second fact is all 67 games across both stages of the in-season tournament will count toward regular season standings. Um, and correct. then third, the team that wins the tournament will officially be given legal custody of the families of the lowest placing team matched by position. So there's a lot at stake here in this tournament. <laughs> so the, if the team with the lowest, say that again, please. Uh, so the team that wins the tournament will officially be given legal custody of the families of the lowest placing team matched by position. So, so you not, know, not only can hey, you win the – go ahead. Tim Duncan could lose PP and Nana, you know, or whatever. I don't, I don't know who, who's Tim playing. They, yeah, they he, has a, he, he retired a while ago. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, hmm. so not only can you win the NBA Cup, but you can literally also win uh, a family if you if you win. That's 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 big news. A whole new family. And, you know, let's face it. These guys can afford it. You know, they're millionaires. That's true. Well, that was some interesting knowledge we got about the NBA in-season tournament. Mm. Now let's do it. Loki see, Loki do. Let's, after we just talked about the, what's going wrong in the MCU, let's talk about what's going right. Episode five of Loki Thanks out. Shout out to the great people at Wikipedia as I read what's going on here, which Wikipedia, which we know is 100% factual 100% of the time. Infallible uh, that is, Wikipedia. <laughs> that is, that is, feel free to pay me for that one, Wikipedia. Uh, episode five titled Science Slash Fiction, written by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, directed by Eric Martin. Loki survives the explosion, but everyone else has vanished and the TVA headquarters spaghettifies. Loki escapes as he begins time slipping again, taking him to branch timelines where his friends, Mobius, B-15, Casey, and OB were reset to their original lives as Don, Dr. Willis, Frank Morris, and Dr. A.D. Doug, respectively. Wanting to time slip to before the explosion, Loki enlists Doug help, Doug's help. With Loki unable to control his time slipping, Doug proposes Loki gather everyone present at the explosion back together so that their collective temporal aura can send them back to the right time and place. Doug builds a temp pad using a TVA guidebook that Loki kept. Loki succeeds in gathering everyone else to Doug's workshop except Sylvie, who has retained her memories. Refusing to help, Sylvie gets Loki to admit his true motivation. He wants his friends back and fears being alone. When everything in Sylvie's timeline spaghettifies, she goes to help Loki. However, Doug's workshop also spaghettifies, as does Doug, Frank, Doug, Don, Willis, and Sylvie. Loki finally controls his time slipping by focusing on a person. Declaring that he can rewrite the story, Loki time slips to before the explosion by focusing on O.B. Alex, what'd you think of the episode? Wowzers. Uh, I thought this was, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about Loki's character development uh, throughout the Marvel, through the history of the MCU, throughout this show. And this episode was a huge, huge move in that, you know, getting him to admit what he's fighting for, the way that they get him to that point uh, as a character and as a, somebody participating in a, in a narrative was really, I don't know, I, th I thought that was really impressive. Um, it was just everything we've we've come to expect from this show and more. And uh, I'll tell you this, that like Eugene Cordero in this episode made me think about something that I've never thought about before oh, in all shoot. these years. The the uh, you know, there's times where these 
big dramatic parts or you know places where you wouldn't normally put a comedian comedians get cast you, you look at the mandalorian look at that uh, the uh the movie the matt damon movie where he plays the tobacco executive who outs everybody the informant yeah basically everybody but matt damon in that movie is a stand-up comic or a comedic performer mm-hmm. i've never seen it it's really great uh <laughs> but eugene cordero in his you know his turn as his original variant or whatever i was like oh this is why you hire comedians because they can do anything because they have to do anything yeah, we we have to be able to do everything, and so also yes, everything I mean, is treated, you know, improvised. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, but improv, improv, and improvisation is all about being present in the moment, reacting to what's in front of you, and everything being urgent. And you know, there's so when you just apply that to regular acting, it's it isn't as hard as trying to bring a regular actor into improv or comedy. You just don't comedy comes from sincerity and heart and emotion so yeah hire us to do dramatic stuff yeah please just hire me i'll i'll yeah I'll oh eat, yeah hire I'll me in general clippings just bring me in <laughs> or something yes please yeah i thought actually this episode... i just i did i did email my sag rep and eating lawn clippings that's a whole other contract so that's still good we can so still that's do not that. that's not struck work no no you can still eat lawn clippings I love that. I love that that is that we can do that. Maybe we can do that on Kick. That's the new streaming platform, Kick. Ooh, let's kick, go on. Let's kick. get on Melon and eat some lawn clippings on <laughs> Kick. <laughs> Coming next week. Fan controlled clippings. <laughs> We're going to eat the infields from the uh, the track that they're racing around this weekend. Yeah, FCLC, <laughs> fan controlled lawn clippings. Um I loved this episode. Uh, I thought there was, I mean, you could take, we've talked a lot about how visually interesting this show is. This somehow found a way to like increase that by like tenfold and not just in production design, but there is that shot. And it's one of these shots, like, you know, when you, sometimes you're watching something where the direct, we've talked about a lot how the directors in the show and the, and the, the art the production design is all very intentional and everything is all well thought out there's definitely like times in shows when like everybody involved knows that they're going for something you know i think back to like the 24 minute single one-hander from like season one of uh uh true detective with matthew mcconaughey and it that that kind of starts and it's like okay here we go we're doing this we're gonna try this thing that shot of Sylvie putting on the headphones and the shot, the camera starts like above and then it does like a slow tilt down and then it kind of tips with her and then the world starts spaghettifying <laughs> around her. I was just like, I mean, wow. Like that's truly like watching that kind of stuff and watching um, just risks and big swings like, we keep comparing this to Secret Invasion, but it, we have to because it's like the last thing that we got. There is. There's one of the 98 million dogs in frame. <laughs> Who is that one? That's Sprout. Hey, Sprout. <laughs> um, but like, you know, there I can't, I can't imagine a day during the production of Secret Invasion where they even discussed something in the ballpark of that shot. You know what I mean? And I oh think my gosh, that, yeah. 
I think to like the really amazing tracking shots with Loki in the beginning when he's walking around like the empty TBA and it's through a wide angle lens and we're tracking along with him and I'm just watching it. And then, and then the production design into a place like OB's uh, or whatever, Dr. Doug's um, kind of warehouse that looks similar to where he is in the TBA, but still totally different, but also still like a real place. We're not in the volume. It's like an actual set. I just found this show to be riveting in terms of just, I could have watched it with no sound and just been like absolutely locked in. And then we got all this character stuff on top of it. We got, we got to the, to the heart of what this whole show is. We got to the heart of what this particular Loki is doing. I mean, I just thought it was, in terms of a penultimate episode of television after what was a really big episode the previous before, I was just like, wow, okay, very good. Well done. Yeah, Loki continues to be a standard bearer for MC the MCU, I think. And and with regard to that big shot, like that you have to earn that too. If you just plop that into the middle of something else, if you had plopped something that visually interesting and not obviously not spaghettification, but something that dazzling into the middle of the secret invasion it would have been like wait what what is this what where did we how do we get here but loki has been so about the visual that you know it really puts you in what she's experiencing it's really well executed i think the the visual that they've designed around that whole spaghettification process and the time door and those existing together in that same visual so it just looks cool that's very, yes. very, very cool looking. And they've got the story that that holds it up. They've got the personnel to make it, you know, work. And and I think this might be one of those things that they let people just kind of cook. And, you know, I think something with that visual of, of the spaghettification of the room around Sylvie, but also, you know, the the line about how, you know, science is about how to do something, but story is about why. And I was like, what an interesting thing to make that character say, to legitimize why he's there, to make him part of it. And then to also nail all of the recursive stuff, all the, oh, well, did now who did create the TVA? Because now we have Loki giving the guidebook to Ouroboros in an untethered temporal state, which could set up that he's actually the one that creates everything in a prime way. Um yeah. I was gonna say it's very telling. I'm oh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, again. yeah, not to, I was just gonna say not to divert onto a whole other tangent or topic, but well, um, it sticks out when you said that though, it sticks out to me that when we were watching, when you get the like um the recap, the first thing they showed in the recap for this episode was he who remains telling Sylvie and Loki from the first from the final episode of the previous season, saying like everything that you've done has led you here. And that's what he said, that specific point. So what that could be, you're right. What the, all of this that's happening right now is all just could be what is supposed to be happening to set everything up to where it was. You know what I mean? Like this could all be next week. Like Loki has just, you know, reestablished Kang and he who, he who remains back in control of everything. And it's just, that's where we are. And then we recast Jonathan Majors and we keep moving. Um, well, if, if Loki, if Loki is always supposed to fail, then I think what happens is they wind up 
they succeed in making the temporal loom something that can create these alternate timelines, thus setting up how you get the infinity of Kangs anyway, which was how, why, why He Who Remains made the one timeline to begin with, is to keep other Kangs from popping up. And maybe what they find out at the end is something akin to, well, if you have infinite timelines, there will be infinite Kangs, but there will be infinite Captains America and Wolverines. Um, I like that you pluralize Captains Americas, <laughs> Wolverines. Uh, they, you know, uh. to to rise to stop them also because they don't pop up in a vacuum. That that you know, he who remains was just the one Kang that that beat everybody. Yeah, um, the Kang, the, the Kang to end all Kangs. He who remains. The Kang, yeah, the the uh, the the Kang leader, if you will. The uh, the you know, Kang. We're trying we're trying to find a pun with Kang. I can tell he's like not a Kang to... member. He's a Kang leader. <laughs> okay. Got it. Yeah, I, um, something something's there. You, I got hey, it, yeah. if you can do better in the chat, hit me up. I can't see up. the chat right now, but uh there's nothing there yet. Um, I want to talk. I wrote in the show notes, I just wrote Owen Wilson. That's the sentence. I mean, I truly cannot like again, it's like they know exactly what it they know exactly what they have, and they're using it to do exactly what it should be doing. You know, like we are not like going like, oh, look, Owen Wilson's in this show. It's like, oh, no, Owen Wilson's in this show. And guess what? He's going to sell watercraft. <laughs> He's going to sell jet skis. And the fact that he had those shades with the croakies like around his neck the whole show, I just was like, well, oh, unbelievable. What a great touch. Fantastic. The 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 idea that he can, without perceptibly shifting his energy or his performance in any way so completely embody the jet ski salesman single dad <laughs> yes the energy walking around the car and by the way this is the same the same thing mobius does but when mobius does it comes off as aloofness but when he's doing it it's salesman he's sort of trying to run the situation hey what's going on over here? very like suburban dad energy <laughs> i, I just love, what he, love that when he, when he tried to pitch uh b15 about the wa about a watercraft while he's like always selling that everyone's waiting for loki to come back and he decides like hey i'm gonna take a moment to uh i'm gonna i'm gonna sell i'm gonna sell a jet ski real quick since i'm here <laughs> like can that energy of just abc jet skis is fantastic can i ask you were you surprised by the time frame he comes from it was like a year ago right 2022 <laughs> I think oh, I think it might have been 2011, but still, I I pegged no, him she for like was, a late 80s from, guy. Oh yeah, she was from 2012. He was from 2022. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yes, yes. he's from like last year. Yeah, so I mean, he he definitely had the vibe of an 80s 90s guy. <laughs> yeah, but like you know that if you walk into like a jet ski sales store in like Battle Creek, Michigan. That is exactly who is sitting there, right oh, yeah. there. Yeah, like I love it. He was like, "You got to have like a body of water somewhere, like a river a or pond, something, or a great way, a great way to come, a great way to." Yeah, him saying "pond" is like there's no greater word. Oh, you got a pond, pond. somewhere? There's no greater word for Owen Wilson to say than "pond." He's, like just unbelievable stuff. Yeah, really, really, really incredible. I think that there's been so much of the MCU that's been. You know, if you put an A-lister as a secondary character, like how much are you going to get out of him? And he's hugely important to this series and thus hugely important to the MCU. And, and based on some rumors I've read online, like 
will continue to be enormously important going forward. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely 1000% here for it. I feel like I don't understand why they're not just like calling up every show and being like, hey, so we got you fill in the blank actor. Don't just like make them go through the motions <laughs> or don't just make them a cog, like use them for what they're there for, you know, let them build it around them. And then if the character isn't quote unquote comics accurate, I have no idea how Mobius is in the comics, but I doubt he's just Owen Wilson. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, how comics accurate was Robert Downey Jr.? They've now made the comic book more like him. More, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just I could I I could go on the fact that he like is like picking up like his kids are setting things on fire on the front and he's like you know there was a mom but she's out of here i was like <laughs> like suddenly like i don't think she might have said that she's dead or something and like maybe yada yada that he's responsible i mean it was he like he said long gone and long by the way gone. really great little matter of giving a lot with just very little dialogue where'd you get matches from i stole them is really good <laughs> I mean, all of it. The fact that he's in is like, I'm going to, hey, I'll sell you my own jet ski out of my garage. Like the fact that this guy, like if you're doing like an improv scene and you're like, you're setting up Owen Wilson, you're telling him like this guy, I want you to do this next scene. Like the dialogue is written, but I'm telling you right now, we're going to let you play a little bit. But here's this guy's like underlying motivation is that it's, it's always a good time to sell a jet ski. All right, go ahead. Here we go. And that's like, is like, this going to be, is, yeah, is this going to be some kind of thing where they, the jet ski is the, the mnemonic trigger that Loki puts in him so that oh. the, this cycle will keep, keep re going because Mobius will always have that piece of his identity. I would love that. I would love that. So I just want a, a man who you've seen in your store twice comes up to your house. And it's like, I want to talk to you. And your first thought is not like, whoa, man, this is kind of weird. No, your first thought is, hey, you want to buy a jet ski? <laughs> like, you got jet skis to move. Incredible stuff. Like, a customer is a customer is a customer, baby. <laughs> ABC, yeah. ABCJ, ABCJ, always be closing jet skis. I'll be ABSD, always be C doing. C do. I love a C do. I love me a C do. I, I just, it just is fantastic stuff. I, I'm very excited if these rumors are true that he's going to be plop them in anything. To me, it's like, hey, if the Marvels isn't working, you know what it needs? Mobius. I don't know if you've noticed the, in the trailers for the Marvels, they've been like, they've added this like scene of like um, Brie Larson being like, oh, I've called in some help. And there's like a flash of light coming towards a space station that looks very similar to like a rainbow bridge type of thing. And then it shows them all looking, but you don't see who it is. So my first thought when I see like rainbow bridge flowing sideways is like, yeah, whatever. Chris Hemsworth in this movie, no big deal. But I mean, what if it was Owen Wilson? What if it were both of them? Whoa. What if it was Sam Wilson's boat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kenny, we can dream it. Toot, you know, toot. if you can dream it, you can be it. Um, that's and how that all goes. the Avengers are on it, and they're waving to us. And it's like <laughs> it's fixed now. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Hey, everybody! And then Robert Downey Jr. 
and with actually with Terrence Howard as Rhodey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a casting that nobody wants to see back. Terrence um, Howard just screaming, I'm better now. <laughs> it's fixed. <laughs> um <laughs> I do want to drill in. This was like, you know, like what you talked about before about how, you know, we really got that, like we got to the crux of what Loki's character is in this episode. And it sounds like silly when, oh yeah, he just wants a friend. He just doesn't want to be alone. But if you take that out and extrapolate that a little bit more and apply that to like everything that he's done, I think I wrote this in the notes, like think how many homicidal maniacs just probably just need somebody just to be there. And to be with them and like how much pain and anguish that would have saved like the universe. So I find that fascinating as we always talk about how this Loki isn't the Loki from Ragnarok, from Thor, the dark world. Like that Loki did kind of realize that he needed to have friends and needed to have a relationship with his brother and stuff like that. Whereas this Loki doesn't know that yet. This Loki is the Loki that still would join forces with Thanos to attack the earth because he needed a friend yeah he's st- but he's still he's still wound up on the side of the light anyway which is i think that's nice would you say that at one point in loki's time that he was blinded by the light uh i mean i know that he there were several points in this episode where he was revved up like a deuce <laughs> now i know you know the auto racing a, a deuce is a type of engine type of thing is that what we're revved up like uh, no, a deuce is a kind of a bowel movement. It's a, <laughs> this a real, just your basic brand name. If they sold it in a store, it would just say deuce on it on a white label with blue type. This is just your classic, <laughs> like your classic, classic two white. Albertsons, a two white, uh, fantastic. Blinded by the light. I won't get sued. Can't do that on Twitch. Um, but no, I do think. The fan like, control is think... good for it. They just got to pay like $10,000. Yeah, no big deal. Um, so. We actually, you know, we're getting all the things that I think we're maybe kind of like wondering about this show. Like this past episode kind of really keyed all that in. The only thing I'm still kind of wanting to know about is like, you know, I'm pretty sure I think we even got a little bit of why Sylvie is involved. You know, she, you know, she, she, her whole world is gone now. (laughs) So like people who she knew that I think it was really telling that the place that she loved kind of went under when she was in a familiar place to her, you know, the guy knew her here, here's a, here's a record that I think will cure you, whatever. Oh, thanks. And she can go in the back and put that like, this is home to her. So you get that like physical representation of her home being destroyed. So we've really like, we've really set the table here for uh, an exciting, an exciting finish. It seems like, I mean, just I'm, I'm beyond, I'm beyond breathless with excitement. It's it's hard. I wish you could catch your breath. <laughs> what do we think? Okay, so we know. I mean, I don't want to like write the show for the show's sake, but do you, could you conjecture any idea what we're going to get from the finale of this show? I, I think another, you know, the first season ended with him sort of back at another point in a loop. And I think that's what we're going to get again. I think um, we won't get any sort of resolution on Timely or Kang. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be, 
it's going to be that we have to re we have to restart the TVA, reset everything how it was, and I'm going to once we do that, I will plant mnemonic triggers in all of you so that you'll still be my team later on when we start this all over again. I don't know. Here, I'm going to posit a Guga theory. Are you ready? Goo my ga, baby. I'm going to say that Loki is going to time slip back. He's going to try to stop everything from happening. It's going to happen again. He's going to get into like um, like a what if scenario where he keeps trying to, what did they call that on what if when the episode where Dr. Strange keeps trying to save Christine and he never can because it's like a, a nexus point or something. It's like a or fixed anchor. point or something. Yeah. Like this is a thing that has to happen, even though time doesn't exist in the TVA. He's going to keep trying and trying and trying and it's it's not going to work. So he then's going to have the idea to go all the way back to and try to stop Sylvie from destroying he who remains to begin with. They well they still have they still have that shot from the trailer that hasn't shown up yet where he looks at Sylvie and says we have to do it we have to go back to caveman times. And <laughs> he did so I think yeah, ultimately pretty- he's going to have to go back to caveman times. <laughs> I, she, I, you she had, says the original time he says yes the first one the first time <laughs> that's my that's my theory I think if, so if we're going to get in like a Groundhog Day scenario where he keeps trying to get it done and he keeps failing and failing and he's like oh dope 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 and uh, yeah I, I don't know if that's for sure going to happen but I wouldn't I have a I also think another thing can happen is that um they're what you just already said kind of like they're going to fix everything but in fixing it they've also kind of set up the kang gang and for the kang gang to uh do their thing <laughs> well well done <laughs> Sorry, i know I, i'd like no. to apologize on no and controlled media and entertainment uh for that <laughs> no. last remark no this is stressing you, you for everybody including you me. don't know how much how well puns play on this network a lot of uh josh makuka during the fan controlled show is the most of and and um uh, um uh canada jeff canada's their most of their banter is uh pun related um is this i think i know we answered this question is this star trek or star wars i know i know you got to get out of here soon so we got to wrap it up it's Star Trek. It's trekking. It's trekking to the stars, oh baby. It's it, it's all about that Trek life. He cannot be stopped. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about with the puns. Um. Yeah. No. This is Star <laughs> Trek. At any point, they could like be. He could be tapping his chest and saying, "Beam me up!" At any point in any time in the show. This is so Star Trekky. Star Wars would never even attempt to have a converse. Any of this. Any of the lines that come out of Ob's mouth, they wouldn't even. They wouldn't go near that with a ten foot pole. They would if it was force related. Like they Dave, would go. Dave Filoni it, would go there, but not. Right. No, not, but not not uh, not general Star Wars. Yeah, this is Star Trekky Trekky Trek Trek. Um, Alex, who's the big Trek-y. winner? Winner. It's Trexy. It's so Trexy. What's uh? We got a, who's the big winner of the episode this week? Winners and losers. Big winner. I said Kihei Kwan. He's having Oof, so much fun. They're giving yep. him. You know his his role has been so much fun to watch and. I I just yeah put him in more stuff. I love that he's having this success right now. I, I you know 
big winner in life, big winner in Loki season two, episode four or five, whatever it was. I agree. I think there's, I mean, he's not my big winner, but I think I love about his performance because we haven't touched on it is that on its, on paper, it's like, oh, well, yeah, he's just doing another goofy time travel thing. Like his, what he won the Oscar for. But then when you actually watch the performance and it's like, oh no, this is, it might be in the same like hemisphere, but he's doing totally different work, different choice. I mean, just wonderful, but I'm going to go with, I mean, I got to go with my guy, Owen Wilson. I mean, holy moly, just fantastic. I just cannot, I cannot think of a greater thing to have Owen Wilson. It, it was like, it like felt like bottle rocket. Owen Wilson, like the opening, Ooh, the opening call. of like bottle rocket when they're robbing a library, which is just hysterical. Like that character's idea of a heist is to rob a library is like one of the funniest things ever. But like that level, Owen Wilson is just, it's fantastic. Big winner, big loser. We've already kind of touched on it. I mean, we are but, in, you there know, is so much Guga. How about it show up at so Alcatraz? How about it the, show up the, at Alcatraz? Like, yeah, right just there on the water. A searchlight from the harbor to to it's Sam Wilson's boat, and they have and and Sam keeps having to move the searchlight because Bucky keeps trying to point it at him, uh, hooking up with Sam's sister <laughs> on the big bow of the ship. Yep, and it's like why that's why that's why the 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 light is there and whatever it's in the sixties in Casey's timeline, but whatever timeline is all over the place now. Who cares? Yeah, he used to be a desk man at an an alternate universe. Uh, Omni Depot, you know, yeah. everything's so, different. It's Guga. It's all, pff, thank you. It's all Guga to me, baby. That famous line by, <laughs> I was going to say Tony Randall, but I wanted to say Tony Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Guga to me. That famous song by Tony Randall. Enjoy Tony Randall. Blue Diamond Almonds. <laughs> Tony Randall, who fathered a child in his 80s. Um, <laughs> a good and responsible thing to do. <laughs> it is. I think he was like 84 when he had his last kid. That is not a joke. No, um, uh, Alex, you know what time it is now, though? I do. Wait, let me check. I want to make sure it's not. We don't have an ad read first. We have an ad read first. Let's get, oh. another, <laughs> let's get another read for the NBA in-season tournament. Yeah, the in-season tournament just wants you to know a couple of the answers to the frequently asked questions because it's the first year they're doing it. Uh, they want everybody to know that they, all games will be played in the team's home cities except for the semifinals and finals, which will be in uh, Las Vegas. Um, and as Kenny mentioned before, the champion will receive a brand-new prize, which is called the NBA Cup. Uh, yeah. What Kenny didn't mention, it's a cup of noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Nothing would make me happier than to see grown men having like that styrofoam cup filled with hot water. And then <laughs> that's what they get for winning the tournament. Don't hoist it in the air. It'll it'll slosh and it'll burn your it'll burn your eyes. It'll burn your eyes. Both, it'll burn your eyes, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah all right now do you know what time it is i do know what time it is and i'm ready all right get ready for the stinger to play four times before i actually hear it in my ears <laughs> I still don't hear it. there we go it just ended all right it started again i'm gonna hit pause there we go it just i takes, think that was it, perfect it plays and then it you you get like a solid 10 seconds with it before I don't I get it in my ear. 
that's good. It, it allows me to warm up a little bit. You need that. You need that warm. You need that warm up time. Uh, Alex, what's the game? What kind of game are we playing this week? The game is called by the comic. Take the ride. The superhero theme park ride trivia game. So, oh wow, okay. I'm gonna describe a real theme park ride to you uh, that's Got themed it. after comic books or a superhero, and give you three possible names of that ride. You will choose the correct one. Are you ready? God, I'm so ready. All right. Question one. Riders are slowly taken to the top of the almost 400-foot tower, giving them a gorgeous view of the city of Madrid on cars attached to three huge white towers. After pausing for a moment, they are accelerated downward at close to 50 miles per hour, then begin to bounce several times before, before being lowered back to Earth. Is this Batman, Arkham's Revenge? Uh, or is it Venganza del Enigma? Or is it Uatu the Watcher's Haunting Journey? Holy cow, I don't know the last one. <laughs> No, it's Venganza del Enigma. Uh, Madrid should have been a clue to you there. This is a Riddler-themed ride at a theme park in Madrid. And I want to say that the the uh, the ride uh, information is sourced from a list from Screen Rant. They did good jo- good work over there. Uh, oh, question excellent. two. Riders are launched by linear induction motors out of an abandoned ice cream warehouse at 70 miles an hour. This shuttle-type coaster, riders go to the end facing backwards, then traverse the same track facing forward, is different than most shuttle coasters as it can operate two trains simultaneously. Is this Mr. Freeze reverse blast? Is it Superman escape from Krypton? Or is it Catman's old-time gold rusher? (laughs) Catman's? I think that's the Superman ride. No, it's actually Mr. Freeze Reverse Blast. Okay. Catman's what was the last one? Catman's old time gold rusher. <laughs> he's a he's an old Batman villain. He's pretty cool. Catman. Uh, so number three, this fourth dimension coaster was the first of its kind in the United States to include a side-mounted car that spins on its center axis as the train traverses the track. Riders are tossed back and forth for the duration of the short, compact ride, leaving most with their heads spinning. Uh, their heads spinning, sorry. Is this Spider-Man, Battle for NYC, Green Lantern, First Flight, or Jane Foster's Haunted Food Court? <laughs> Jane Foster's Haunted Food Court. No, this is Green Lantern First Flight. And a fun fact, a twin ride called Inferno actually killed a teenager in 2014. So question four. Sorry. It's just a fact it happened. Ruthless Cutie was very quick to say that it was Green Lantern. I feel like she's probably uh, ridden that ride. I did not know what the road that ride is proper English, right? Well, the proper thing to do is go to question four, which is. Yeah, nice. This ride features a motion-equipped car, which moves along a track, taking riders from room to room, where they watch the action unfold wearing special 3D goggles. Other elements such as water, heat, and audio enhance the experience, along with uh, several Easter eggs, which are presented throughout the ride, even a cameo by one of the creators of the ride's comic book namesake. Is this Guardians of the Galaxy Galactic Spin, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, or The Marvelous Meet and Groot, a family photo space for taking (laughs) pictures with Groot? (laughs) <laughs> the, the marvelous meat and groot <laughs> you're giving that stuff away for free that, that's gonna be that's gonna be at the disneyland park very soon uh ruthless cutie says spider-man i think that's the guardians of the galaxy ride no ruthless cutie is of course right that is the amazing spider-man at universal studios island of adventure park and the final question good, good lord What makes this coaster truly unique is its initial propulsion system. Instead of the chain lift, linear synchronous motion or linear induction motion system, usually employed by rides of this type, it uses a tire propelled launch. 
that shoots trains from zero to 40 miles per hour up up the 110 foot incline in under two seconds what so is this incredible hulk flying leap the incredible hulk or the incredible hulk Uh uh-oh hulk have too much fiber (laughs) (laughs) so i guess the implication is that the hulk is too much fiber and that's what's blowing you 40 miles an hour that's the experience you have it does go up to 70 miles an hour through its twists and turns I'm going to say it's the flying leap. I'm going to go. Uh, Ruthless Cutie seems to know what these all are. It's the Incredible Hulk. I'm sorry. I think you oh. went O for. I think you went O for. Yeah, I didn't get one, any dude. of those even close. And I, I like I like a good coaster. And I like a good comic. So a good comic themed coaster is definitely within my wheelhouse. Well, you'll get them next time. I will get them. That was a great game. Thank you for that. I was Thank you very much. Educational at so much. You know what? We're about to educate you folks with our hoopla recommendations hoopla of course is the um uh, the app you put in your library card and you can check out all kinds of digital comics you can there's an app on your phone you can put on your ipad you can uh just go to the website and put in your library card alex do you have a recommendation for the folks I do, uh, and it's. I'll I'll give a warning that this one, like a lot of other genre fiction, and especially genre fiction aimed toward more mature audiences, does have some. It does depend on assault of women, uh, and some old depictions that we, you know, it's not terrible, terrible, but it is, you know, something you want to warn people about. But it's interesting, and it's an interesting part of the character Green Arrow's biography. It's called The Longbow Hunters. It's written and illustrated by Mike Grell, who, by all accounts, was actually like a a covert operator in Vietnam during Vietnam uh, amongst other things, but a very talented writer artist. And the, uh, the, the book reads like it was written by an old CIA man. Um, But it's just kind of an interesting time capsule of a time. And again, something interesting they tried to do with this character. I like that. I'm here for it. Uh, My recommendation. I last week recommended that folks go to Crunchyroll and watch the original Knights of the Zodiac animated series. And I am still just crunching through that like it's a roll at a sushi restaurant. It's so great. I love it. But then I was like, I wonder if there any of the manga is on Hoopla. It's not. There are some on Libby. But there is a comic. There is a Saint Seiya Knights of the Zodiac Time Odyssey. It is very small. It's only 36 pages. It is a manga. But... It is, if you're into the Knights of the Zodiac as I am, it is right for you, baby. All the things that you like about the TV show in a comic, love it. it um, let's do it. It's, I can't, I sent you, did you look, did, I sent you the theme song last week. Did you check it out? Wait, no, I didn't listen to the theme song. I'll go back and look for that. I did see I, the, the part where the guy, the guy just said something. He's like, fortunately for you, I have my armor. Oh, with the big guitar sting in the background. Yeah. No, he says, Mike, like you're lucky for you. Mike Cosmo is is like ready to go. Or it's it sounded very sexual when I was trying to... And he did have a big old cod piece on him. <laughs> yes, that was a lot. It's just great. But no, the theme is like bow down 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 down. And like if you look it up, like that band that sang that song has now like gone on, like it they play shows in Japan and people love it. It's great. I'm I'm all in. I'm a Saint Seiya Knights of the Zodiac head officially. The movie got some concerns about 
<laughs> a lot gotta of concerns get, about gotta, it. Gotta 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 look at that villain guy for PEDs. <laughs> got a got a big old chest on him. You know, who doesn't have PEDs. The NBA. Alex, you have another read for the NBA in season tournament. Once again, we are kicking it off today, and we're we're answering some frequently asked questions. Uh, you know, they want you to know that the tournament consists of two stages: group play and knockout rounds. With eight teams moving into the later knockout rounds. Um, interestingly, LL Cool J and the Roots have teamed up to create the tournament's theme song. Okay. Uh, the theme song is called Round Ball Rock Hot Wet Slap Remix. And <laughs> Hot Wet Slap and Remix all have their final letter repeated. So it's hot with two T's, wet with two T's, slap with two P's, and remix with two X's. Holy cow. The Hot Wet Slap Remix. Yeah. Round Ball Rock Hot Wet <laughs> Slap Remix. <laughs> round ball rock <laughs> oh man i'm glad we're towards the end here i, I can't really function after hearing that one <laughs> you love basketball i love but I, you know what i love is a remix that's hot wet and slaps <laughs> you got all three of my favorite things of music in there <laughs> those are my favorite descriptors of music i want it to be hot i want it to be wet and most of all i want it to slap Baby, I got to tell you, this thing is hot and it slaps. I'm not getting any of the wet. <laughs> yeah, what is this? Can I get more wet in this one? I need, <laughs> two, I need two tea wet in this, in this track. This is the cold, dry studio track release, album release. <laughs> oh, man. This is one of those moments where... We are having a great time, and everyone watching is just asking themselves, "What?" I hope they're at least amused by their their befuddled state. I cut away from someone playing a video game to watch these two grown men go kuga over the words "hot," "wet," and "slap." <laughs> oh boy! Check us out on Kick. Um... Get on Kick and watch us. We'll eat grass clippings from your lawn. <laughs> Oh boy, let's get out of here soon. Uh, what did your dog think? Uh, we're at the point now, your 98 million dogs. What did they think of the Loki season five penultimate episode? Season well, five, got, episode five, season two, penultimate. We, we've got little Bentley here. He's a Yorkie. And uh, we the episode wrapped up and I looked and I was like, I, I bet you wish with that, how that the visuals were playing out there. I bet you wish you could see in color. And he looked at me, he's like, yeah, that's what made me want to see in color. Your little TV <laughs> show. So that was, you know, that's cool. I'm like, that, okay, man. Like, I didn't want to take it there, but Bentley's good. Um, my dog actually did make it out of the, uh, out of the, um, the, out of the bedroom, and she was kind of laying in the living room with me as I was watching it, and she perked her ears up and she said, "You know what? If somebody walked out with hot dog fingers in this one, it would kind of work." And I was like, "Yeah, you're kind of right. It probably would." <laughs> she's, she's. I'm way into that. Let's do it. Let's just make Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh show up with hot dog fingers in just a real quick. I, I think it would. I'm I'm fully okay with it. Michelle Yeoh, are those hot dog fingers? <sighs> Fantastic. Um, we did it. That was it. Another episode in the can. We always uh, do it, Kenny. Wait, where can the folks find you? Like above Duke Midnight at Duke underscore Midnight on Threads on Blue Sky on Instagram. Uh, on uh, myspace.com slash geocities <laughs> underscore angel fire. 
I love that. Um, you can find me at Kenny G Stevenson. If you're in the Los Angeles area, I will be doing my first improv show in quite some time. I am doing two shows Friday and Saturday night at nine 30 at the impro theater. It is called process. It is a fully improvised process of putting up a play. We're going to get a name of a play that does not exist. And we will do the whole process. We're talking auditions, table read. We have like blank scripts, but we actually do a table read. We do rehearsals and then we do the actual show all fully improvised. Uh, a ton of fun. Come check it out. 9.30 p.m. at uh, the Impro Theater. Go to improtheater.com for tickets. When did you say that was again? Tomorrow, Tonight and tomorrow. Ooh, all right. I love Come it. Come on over. 9.30 p.m. And get on, if you're not in LA, get on a plane and fly out here to come to an improv show in a 35 seat theater. I'm telling you, it'll be worth the flight. He's worth it, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen him perform before. Uh, Nay, I've shared the stage with him. You've never seen anything like Kenny Stevenson in the live environment. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. We did it. What a great show. Make sure to check out tomorrow, 3 p.m., 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. Fan-controlled racing. This is the Phoenix Invitational. Watch the fan-controlled car be able to vote on stuff live, like weight of tires and stuff that I don't get, but I'm sure you have some knowledge of. Should Alex. he suddenly just crank the wheel to the left? Yeah. Should he just turn right for no reason? <laughs> turn turn the wheel to the right. And the next turn, he should turn the wheel to the right. Yes or no? Yes. Oh, yes, when? So he slammed the brakes now. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be voting on, but Aww. just get in the app. This is this is it. This is that we're getting fan controlled sports has expanded. This is the first time. Get involved. Be back here next week. We're going to be talking about the Loki finale. Maybe we'll have seen the Marvels the night before. I highly mm. doubt it, but we'll mm. see. Mm. I'm excited. But that Loki. I'm excited. You're excited. And now everybody go to lunch. I got to go to lunch. I got to get this video up before we can get out of here. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. 